Welcome to the Making a Runner podcast. I'm your host, Nick, a running specialist, biokineticist, and coach. And I'm a co-host, Davey, aka Davey on the Run. Through our shared knowledge and experience, we unpack the fascinating topic of running. We speak to coaches, athletes, subject matter experts, and everyday enthusiasts to help you improve your running. And ensure that you enjoy every step of the way, wherever the road or trail may take you. This is how runners are made. It's how runners are made, baby. Oh yeah. Nicola. Davide. T-T-O-M. That is the Total Sports Two Oceans Marathon. And today we are talking about nutrition. And it couldn't have come sooner, guys, because it is 44 days to go. So I hope you guys are, are as stressed as I am. Um, because uh, You shouldn't be stressed. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm excited. 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 It's the nerves. It's the nerves. But I've been, I've been doing some things different. You know, one of the big things is nutrition. I'm trying, trying very hard, very hard. And this conversation with our guest, you can give her the introduction. So our guest, guys, Annie Botma, she is an elite level runner. She is also a nutritionist. She's done sports science as well. She's an extremely learned individual and has learned the hard way. As you'll hear from her story, uh, nutrition was not something that she foresaw coming as something that she needed to think about prior to racing, uh, but it hit her hard, guys. And I think it is something that resonates with a lot of runners out there. It is often an afterthought and hopefully after today's conversation with Annie you can understand how important having foresight with nutrition is Uh, so today we're going to cover everything from pre-race day so in the build-up to the race day your day-to-day nutrition your long run and general training nutrition as well as hydration ways to calculate sweat loss which i had davy and his calculator out yeah guys my calculator was out for basically the entire session <laughs> but i mean i learned a lot eh? and when i learn a lot that's when you know it was a valuable session um so definitely um keep those ears peeled uh for some little golden nuggets as we like to call them uh, but definitely very helpful, very practical for race day, mainly touching on the 56 kilometer. But for the people running the 21 kilometer, this information is still very, very valuable. And understanding nutrition overall, understanding the fact that there's no one size fits all and it is individualized at the end of the day, guys. So if you are struggling with nutrition, do reach out to a nutritionist. You can even get all of Annie, guys, and we'll leave all of her details on the show description. So here is the show, the Total Sports Two Oceans Marathon Nutrition Special with Annie Bodma. Enjoy, guys. This limited series is proudly brought to you by ASICS, the official footwear partner of the Total Sports Two Oceans Marathon. And have you heard? ASICS has also just launched the highly anticipated Joel Nimbus 25s. Oh yeah? So what makes this shoe so different? Three main reasons, Nick. Firstly, the new Pure Gel is 65% softer. It's also got 20% more foam, a higher stack height, and a rocker design. Nothing feels better. Wow, Davey, I must say, that sounds like the shoe that will help you go the distance. It will. It is now with great pleasure that we announce the winners of the ASICS Making a Runner competition for the Gel Nimbus 25. Guys, we have had some overwhelming support on this competition and we look forward to having more like these in the future. It's also been such a pleasure for us to see what episodes people actually enjoy. So without any further ado, we've made you guys wait enough. 
the first winner of a brand new spanking pair of Asics Gel Nimbus 25 is Vaynant McLaughlin. And the second winner is Britt Mugens. Congratulations, guys. We'll be in touch with you to get you your prize. Again, guys, thank you so much for your support, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the show. We're very thankful for you taking the time today out of your schedule to, to be able to meet with us. No, it's no problem. And uh, I look forward um, to learning from you and getting some nutrition advice with regards to the Total Sports Two Oceans Ultra Marathon and Half Marathon. I'm looking forward to sharing some advice with your listeners. Annie, maybe you can start with us a little bit. Just give a little bit of your background in terms of you as a runner and also you from a nutritional side and why we would have reached out to you today to chat to us about the nutrition side of things. So I did my undergrad in exercise science in America while running on a Division One athletic scholarship after I finished in the States. I returned to South Africa in 2018 and I started working as a personal trainer um, because since while I was studying in the States, I simultaneously did my master's uh, in personal training through the International Sports Science Association. And I was working as a personal trainer, but uh, my interest grew towards nutrition and I started doing some online courses and like learning more. But it, the big pivot in my, that really got me interested in nutrition was my own experience in the marathon. I made my debut at the Cape Town Marathon in 2019 and my nutrition went poorly. Uh, I really found out what they talk about when they say you hit that dreaded marathon wall. Um, I, I did try. I had a plan, but my plan didn't work. And that, that's some of what we're going to talk about today. You need to, you need to have a backup plan. If, if you miss a gel, like I did, I missed my first gel at 10 kilometers. Somebody else took my gel at 21, at 20 kilometers. Uh, the gel I took in ended up everywhere over my body, except in my mouth. And by 50K, when I finally got in my first gel, it it did nothing good for me. Like, honestly, by that stage, it is too late. That last 12 kilometers to the finish line was a death march. I went from running a 2.35 pace to finishing in a 2.41. I was really disappointed and afterwards really delirious to be honest because I was completely dehydrated and glycogen depleted I it was such a like eye opener to me about the importance of fueling so then I started delving into the research myself and really thinking like how can I improve my performance through nutrition because it is an undervalued aspect that often so many runners don't think about their nutrition until maybe the week or maybe the day before race day and that's too late yeah definitely um so i just completed my master's in sport nutrition through the iopn and now i feel like i've learned so much more that could not only benefit me as an athlete, but that can help other athletes that would like to get the most out of themselves on race day. For sure. You know, I think uh, learning through making mistakes is probably one of the best ways that 
all athletes uh, figure the nutritional side of things out. Yeah. Like you say, it is almost an afterthought when it comes to, you know, you do your training, you do everything else, you research your shoes, you know exactly how to taper your sleep, but then you're like, oh, race day, what am I going to go and get? So I think that's exactly why we are doing this podcast. Uh, it's sort of to give people the heads up that, you know, you can do something about it right now. Don't let it wait. Uh, and also for those more experienced runners that have done it before, perhaps they can take some out of today that can help them improve their nutrition going forward um, so let's dive straight in i mean running nutrition what what defines nutrition and, and in terms of defining nutrition there's nutrition and hydration can you just define those two for me we all eat right <laughs> yes and it's we all eat so that is nutrition you know you can't escape it and the thing is people are so hyper focused sometimes more on what they're going to do on race day, the gels, the, and like, let's forget about that for a moment and get back to the basics. What are you doing on a day-to-day -day basis with your nutrition and hydration? Because that's the biggest part of what will contribute to success. You know, it's that all cliche, it's not about the outcome, it's about the process. It's about the journey, getting to the finish line, right? Now, it's the same with nutrition. It's about the day-to-day -day fueling, getting to the finish line that really matters because that's where the training adaptations are going to happen. That's what's going to facilitate the recovery and that's what's going to allow you to ultimately perform your best on race day. Yeah. So you first need to dial that in. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting that you say that because obviously, I mean, when you talk about, you know, your experience um, during your first marathon where you obviously hit the wall and your glycogen levels were depleted and all of that, that's talking about race day nutrition. And whilst it's very, very important, and if you don't get that right, you, you're obviously going to crash and burn and, you, and you're not going to achieve the best result that you can. And I think, like you say, that's what people focus on. But then bringing it back towards, you know, your, your training block. And it's something that even I'm trying you know, really hard at implementing at the moment is increasing my, you know, nutrient-dense food intake, increasing that calorie intake, just because exactly like what you're saying, like you you focus on, you know, this this race. And even though you train for, say, eight weeks of it, you know, you, you don't take care of your body necessarily during that eight-week period because you, you can't see the necessity of how it's going to link to race day because you're all about fueling on race day. So it is all about, you know, fueling correctly t towards that end goal and making sure that in that time frame, you, you're obviously getting stronger, giving your body what it needs, like you say, the recovery and all of that. So, I mean, I fully agree. It's something that I'm really trying hard at at the moment. Uh, Davey's been working hard uh, on his nutrition. I can vouch for that. Yeah. He, he gets upset when I don't tell him that it's time for uh, <laughs> something on, on the run. He's like, you ate without me? How could you? But uh, I mean, what we're talking about is essentially training your gut so that when, when it comes to race day, it's something that you have practiced, you know how it works. So how does, how does training your gut actually work? Is it like training for, say, a marathon in terms of your training endurance fitness? Let's just back up one moment there. Like that daily fueling. So one thing often runners make a mistake is like they don't, they go out, they run faster. So they're already starting their run in yeah. an underfueled state. Now they come back, they, you have a bit of appetite suppression when you're training hard. So they're not that hungry. So I'm not going to eat something straight away. So maybe a couple of hours pass and then 
the hunger kicks in and they can't stop themselves and they eat the wrong stuff. They don't eat the nutrients and stuff. They, they just grab the closest thing at the vending machine. And if you're going to follow some of the fats that's going around, like intermittent fasting or low carb, high fat, um, yeah, maybe that type of stuff can work for weight loss, but it's not there for, for, and the, the research isn't even very strong for weight yeah. loss, but it's not been shown to be beneficial for performance or endurance athletes. So you first need to get the fundamentals right, and that's eating enough carbs. Carbs are still king. They're still proven to be the most beneficial for performance and recovery. So ultra-endurance athletes, endurance athletes, don't be afraid of eating carbs. Fuel your runs. Start your runs well hydrated, get something in the tank before you go out, even if it is something small like a banana, crackers, toast with a banana and a bit of peanut butter on it. You want to put proper fuel in the, like if you want your car to run, like you're not going to go on an empty tank if you want to go on a road trip, right? So you're not going to go on a long run without putting something in your body before you go out. So that's where it starts. But when we get to fueling the gut, during that taking in the fuel that you're taking in during that long run or workout, you can't just expect your body to be able to process carbs or whatever you're going to fuel yourself with food during the run if you did not practice it during training. Yeah, Your body is not going to like that. Your gut is just going to simply reject it and you run the risk of ruining your race with GI upset. Yeah. So you need to practice in taking in gels or carb drink or if you're going for the real food options like baby potatoes or dates you need to practice that in your long runs and maybe even your workouts where you're running at your race intensity and you're actually getting your body used to processing food while working hard yeah definitely i I just have a question uh, which i actually don't think we've really touched on before with our previous nutrition conversations but obviously you talk about this like pre-race or pre-long run you know fuel and and i know we all stick to the you know rule of thumb is 60 grams of carbs every single hour whilst you you're exercising right that's like that's like the sweet spot it's quite hard to do obviously it's it's a lot to intake but now what is an ideal meal to have before you go on that long run or before race day because that for me is like sort of a gray area where like you sort of like grab a muffin or maybe a rusk or, or what would your recommendation be for a runner? You know, speaking of two oceans, you know, 56K, 21K, what would your recommendation be? So two to three hours before the race, you would like to take in one to four grams per kilogram of body mass in carbohydrates. So now let's think about this. If for That is the recommendation for exercise. So now if we're talking about the 21K, we would err to the lowest side of that, maybe one to two grams per kilogram of body mass of carbohydrates, okay? And then if we're thinking about the ultra guys, you want to be to the upper end of that. So three to four grams of carbohydrates for every kilogram of your body mass. So say you weigh 50 kilograms. You want to multiply that by, sorry, I'm using a really round, simple number here to make it easy for myself to do the math. So you, that will bring you to 150 to 200 grams of carbohydrates before your race. Which is Does quite that a make lot. sense? Yeah. So say that is that is quite a lot. 
come to think of it. And that is where sport products come ha- very handy. So say you have two slices of toast. That gives you 30 grams. You have a banana. That's another rough 25 grams. Now you can easily see how that becomes really hard. So, so, so the Kenyans will easily eat four slices of bread. Yeah, that's crazy. So I mean, and me, add a banana on top of that and drink a sport a bottle of sports drink. Yeah, sure. So, so me having a, a bowl of cereal before a marathon or something—it's underfueling already. Yes, absolutely. That is, most people are already underfueling their training Damn. because <laughs> the actually, in fact, that that recommendation is the lower end of the range. Remember, you said 60 grams there. Yeah. The recommendation for marathon and ultra marathon is 60 to 90 grams of carbohydrates per hour. Now, if you're looking what the top guys are doing in the sports, in the ultra marathon, and even in the marathon, if you look at what Kipchoge's are doing, he's taking more than that. He's taking up towards of 100 sure. per that's, hour. Yeah, that's madness. Eh? And and um, you said two to three hours before you start the race. So two oceans, ultra marathon starts at what five a.m. So now we're talking at uh, waking up at two a.m. and uh, and having your meal. Yes, that's the problem. That is what is recommended. Now, now is that practical? Is that what runners are actually going to do, or are you actually just maybe gonna because that 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 percentage I just gave you there or that recommendation is very much based on if you wake up two to three hours. But say you're eating an hour or an hour and a half before the start, that's not realistic. Definitely not. Then you need to go towards the lower side, say one gram of carbohydrates per kilogram of your body mass, if that makes sense. Yeah. But then in that case, Annie, would you then start fueling earlier within that run? So say if you haven't quite had a chance to get in that... 200 grams of carbohydrate if you are a 50 kilo individual would you want to start fueling earlier during the run or even before the run five minutes before the run start with your first gel just to make sure you're keeping those glycogen levels topped up yes absolutely i i recommend to the marathoners i work with or the endurance athletes i work with to right after their warm-up to take in a gel right before the start of the gun mm-hmm. and then you feel every for the marathon, it's typically every 5K interval, but you want to look specifically at the aid stations that the race course will provide. How far are they spaced out? And you work your nutrition plan out according to that, and you practice it during your training sessions, during your long runs. Say the aid stations are three kilometers, five kilometers apart. You practice taking in at that interval. It's also maybe useful working on time instead of kilometers. And thinking about the pace you'll be running. How long is it going to take you to move between aid stations, roughly? And then you, during your long runs, you practice taking in something every, say, 20 minutes on the clock. You set an alarm on your garment even to help to remind you. But an important aspect to not forget with marathons and ultra marathons is what you do the days leading into the race. Because it's that morning is purely a top-off, right? So if you did your carb load properly the two days before the race, you don't need to do worry that much about the morning of the race. Because the two days before the race, you have the opportunity to maximize your glycogen stores by doing a proper carbohydrate load. 
So basically, the morning of the race, you're just topping off your liver glycogen and maybe a little bit in the muscle glycogen. And throughout the race, you want to spare that muscle glycogen as much as possible by just using your liver glycogen and your blood glucose. And that's why you keep on topping it up with carbohydrates throughout the duration of the race. So I want to ask two things there. So first... Whilst we're on that topic of conversation in, in terms of um, carbo loading prior to that event, would you recommend in the couple of days leading up to it then getting an extra amount of carbohydrates in or would that just mean making sure that you're eating nutrient-dense foods that are mm. within your normal diet? I mean, are you uh, is someone that hasn't been eating a lot of carbohydrates in general, should they now go and try and eat bowls of pasta two days before or would that irritate their gut more than anything else? So should they just try to stick to what they know best in terms of fueling? Yeah. Definitely. Definitely stick to what you know best. Uh, don't go change something drastically the days before the race. Don't try out that new pair of shoes on race day. Don't try out something new the day before race, okay? So if you've not been habitually eating a high-carbohydrate diet, in fact, if you've never, ever practiced a, a proper carbohydrate load, which is actually really hard to do, it's not simply going out the night before and eating a big bowl of pasta. Yeah. That is not a carbohydrate load. Yeah. A carbohydrate load is taking a roughly 10 to 12 grams of carbohydrate per kilogram of body weight. Okay, so we're working on your body weight again. Davey's got his phone out um, calculator. Hold on, mar- hold on, I got my calculator out. <laughs> Dave, Davey wants to calculate his, uh, his body weight. I'm going to go higher end. 12. Higher end. 12 bar. Uh, okay, um, go, go. Okay, 12, 12 by... I don't know how much I weigh. By your body. Come on. 63 kg. 63 kilos. Is that what you're telling our listeners? eh? 756 grams of carbs. Is that for the day? That is for the day. 12 by your body weight. That is the amount of carbohydrates you need to get in for the day. Okay. But then now tell me, so so if I I naturally, because in my opinion, I'm I'm pro-carb, right? Like I'll I'll eat carbs as much as possible. I don't, I I never, I'm pretty healthy. So I don't like you know, take the piss about it, but I like, I eat my normal foods, right? So, but, so I, I'm used to carbs. Yeah. Now, now, two days before the race, how should I be increasing those carbs? So say, say in a smoothie in the morning, I have half a cup of oats and, you know, normally I, I, I'm, I'm on like the medium spectrum of things. Do I now double those portions or, or how, how do you guide yourself there? I would suggest limiting fiber. So going for the low fiber options, that's not going to make you too feel full full. So this is the time you can eat white rice, white bread, pasta, all the stuff that's low in fiber and easier to digest. The time to get in juice and cool drinks, stuff that has high in carbs, but is not going to make you feel full and uncomfortable. Uh, You want to avoid high fat, high fiber foods, basically, and have a moderate protein intake. So otherwise, it is almost impossible to consume that amount of food. It is simply too much. And I think... For most people, it's more realistic going on the low side, like 10 grams mm. of carbohydrates per kilogram of body weight. Um, so say we take the 50, 50 kilogram example again, that's 500 grams of carbs. If we say one banana is about 25, you can see easily see it's hard to do it if you're doing it on banana. It's going to be a lot of bananas. So you have to be smart about... Yeah, you have to be smart about your choices. Whereas 100 grams of dry pasta 
gives you over 70 grams of carbs. Yeah. So you just have to make smart choices. When it got, a bagel is about 50 grams of carbohydrate. I do love a bagel. Yeah, so I think, like you said, it's important to, in the build-up to the race, make the smart choices. Obviously, in your training, leading up into the race, making sure that you're practicing your nutrition, your plan nutrition for what you, you envision on the day whilst running, yeah. as well as making sure that you are fueling your body for the high load of training that you're doing. This is especially for the ultra-marathon guys that are spending a lot of hours on the road burning a lot of calories, making sure that they're putting that back in and not actually using it as a way to weight loss. But I want to move on to the actual race day now, Annie. So I know you mentioned sort of planning around refreshment stations. Well, from what I can see on the ultra marathon map, there's 16 refreshment stations on the 56K. Uh, obviously, those re refreshment stations have anything from, uh, you know, your usual, your Cokes, your Powerades, your waters in terms of your drinks, as well as, like you say, the fruits of uh, your bananas, your sweets, all those types of things that people can expect from the refreshment stations. But now that's not necessarily what you've been eating on your long runs. So... How do you go about planning your race day nutrition and also carrying your race day nutrition with you? Remember, all of that information is available on the website. So if you want to be taking in some of the race station nutrition that will be provided on race day, go practice with that during your long run. So it's easy for you. You know your body can tolerate Coke or you can tolerate a banana while you run. Yeah. But... If you're moving at a faster pace and you want to be taking in something like a gel, which is a, like a very popular option, or you want to be taking chews, or you have your own carbohydrate drinks that you prefer, maybe you get a second. But now with two oceans, it's hard because all, with all the road closures, it's really hard for somebody to get around the route and hand you your bottle. So what now? So I think if you're carrying gels or chews, you can get creative. These days they offer um, quite a lot of options for runners. You know, shorts have pockets. Gels now can fit in sports bras. I've even just recently saw a runner running with a phone case that was full of gels. And I thought that was really neat. You know, you can get a, a, a hydration pack that you put around your waist. There's lots of ways you can carry nutrition on you. And I, I know runners are going to complain and say, oh, it's extra weight or it's uncomfortable. But I promise you that little bit of extra weight is going to weigh a lot more like in terms of the weight that will be added to your time if you did not take in that fuel because you're going to struggle so much more without it that you would with that little bit of extra weight that you're carrying. Yeah, it's crazy to think though. So if, if you are, I just did the maths. My calculator is out a lot tonight. But if you're going on 60 grams of carbs an hour and if you wanting to do two oceans in five hours, you're going to need to carry 15 gels on you. Where that's, are you going to put 15 gels, Nick? That's if you're only fueling on gels. And that's what I also wanted to sort of touch base on in terms of, you know, hydration. Obviously, if you're taking in a Coke, if you're taking in some Powerade, if you, whatever endurance drink you have with you, that obviously fills the role of hydration as well as nutrition. Is that correct? Yes, it does. But I would not, for most people, I would not recommend fueling, getting all their carbohydrates solely from drinks. Okay. Uh, number one, it's very hard to do so, and unless you're using a very 
concentrated drink. And you even run the risk of maybe um, drinking too much if it's a cold day out. But if it's a hot day out, uh, you might not get enough even. So it's, it's tricky if you're going only on hydration unless you work it out really specifically for yourself, your body weight, and you know what you're doing, maybe working with a nutritionist, you can do, do that. But, but I would advise runners to take a combination of carbohydrates. Take gels and use the, maybe Coke or Powerade on the course. And always, if you take a gel, unless it's a hydrogel, you want to take water with that gel. Otherwise, it's just going to sit there in your gut. You need water to really absorb and that nutrients and process it. For sure. And I mean, then in terms of the actual day and the route that the runners are taking on, is there any strategies that runners should take on in terms of fueling up at certain times on the route? Like say, is it uh, is it bad to now start trying to eat something whilst you're running uphill or should it be better to try eat something whilst you're going down the hill so it's easier for you to focus on ingesting it? Is there any sort of technique around that? It's certainly going to be a lot harder trying to get nutrients in while running up a steep hill and your cardiac output is higher so it means it's also going to be a lot harder for your body to digest and absorb that nutrient so i think it would be a lot more strategic to take in the gel before you hit the climb so you have the energy to to go up the climb time it study your course beforehand and know where the big climbs are and fuel appropriately also remember it takes a little bit of time for that gel to keep in and hit your bloodstream so you maybe want to take even 15 minutes in advance caffeine is also something that that could be um, a performance enhancement especially later during the race when you're cognitively fatigued and your rate of perceived exertion is really high caffeine has been shown to be like a real really powerful benefit in the latter stages of a race so would you suggest if you if you know you look at your gels and the ones that have caffeine in them, would you save those specific gels for later in the race? Yes, I would do that. And in, in fact, if you use a caffeine gel too early in the race, it it might lead to GI upset in certain people. Certain individuals are more sensitive than others. So just be paramount about the amount of caffeine you're also getting in throughout the race. Don't let all your gels be caffeinated gels because you can take too much caffeine during a race and it could lead to GI upset, anxiety, or just jitters, <laughs> nausea. Anxiety. And that's, yeah, too much of a good thing is not good either. Let's just put it that way. Brilliant. So, I mean, I think we've touched on many of the, the pointers in terms of building up to the race, the couple of days leading into the race, the actual race. Um, from your side and even the, the guys that you coach, what, what are common mistakes that you see that people make on the day? Because let's face it, the day is quite a stressful thing for a lot of people. Uh, there's a lot of focus. There's a lot of energy that's been put into it. So things can go wrong. Like you said, you need to have backup plans. But what are common mistakes that people should prepare for and be able to have a backup plan for? I see runners trying new things. That is something like, it's like I said, it's, it's, it is strange because, like, it's, like we've said many times now, that people don't try new things like when it comes to training or gear often on race day. But when it comes to nutrition, they're, 
they don't think twice about trying that new thing they got at the expo the previous day before. So it's like, um, that is definitely one. I think, yeah, uh, like not hydrating enough is definitely another. Um, you can calculate your sweat rate during training by, by weighing yourself before and after training. And, but you have to do it a couple of times and make sure you get kind of an estimate because remember, the weather is not always the same. So mm. certain days when it's hot out, you might sweat more than others. So like making sure you hydrate enough um, is definitely a key point to remember. And even if you struggle to take in carbohydrates during the race and your, your stomach is upset, don't immediately stop. Just think, like, I'm not going to take in any more fuel for the rest of the race. Maybe skip one gel and give yourself a bit of time, but try again. That's a big mistake. Often it's, it's maybe something else that's contributing to that GI upset. Like I said, just maybe it's dehydration. So maybe try drink a little bit and see if you feel better. I think it's also important to, to know yourself and what works well for you and figure that out way in advance and in trading it. So when it comes to race day, nutrition is not something you stress about. You can focus on your race and just executing your plan and getting the most out of yourself in the training that you did. Yeah. yeah. Like you say, I think nutrition is one of the things that, that shouldn't be adding to your stress level. It yeah. should be a, a relieving factor to know that you have all that you know your body works with. You know how your body is going to cope with it. And if things go, don't go quite according to plan, like you said, it's, it's about trying to figure out what the problem might be rather than just giving up uh, altogether and just saying, well, I, I'm just not going to eat at all. And he just... Before we, we wrap up the conversation, I know we, we you mentioned briefly in terms of the hydration side of things, what would be the recommended hydration rate for individuals? I know it's dependent on weather and wind and the amount of an individual sweats, but in terms of an average, are you able to spit out a number so that uh, listeners can get an idea? No, no. it depends. <laughs> it is highly individualized and it's also a polarized debate in the science community whether you should drink according to first, like the water log to avoid hyponatremia, or whether you should drink to match all your sweat losses. So my, my I think I think it's like with nutrition. Start early and do it often. Don't fall behind with your hydration or your nutrition. Rather, take small amounts frequently throughout the race. So you don't get to a point where you're in a hole and you can't get out of that hole. Or like I said with me, with my first marathon, I was already too far down a hole. That gel that I took in at 30 kilometers did absolutely nothing for me. <laughs> so you don't want to get to that point with either your nutrition or your hydration. I think the best thing with new hydration is like the best advice I can give you is to just practice it during training, during your long run. Like I said, do a simple sweat test. Go in the morning, weigh yourself nude before you go out for your training. Go for your training run. Come back, weigh yourself again. Um, you run for an hour, say. And the weight you lost on the scale, you, you put that over into milliliters. So say you lost 500 grams or say you lost a kilogram, that's one liter of fluid loss, okay? And that is your sweat rate. So say your, your sweat rate is a liter per hour. That is what you need to consume per hour. 
Now, that, like I said, is an average. You kind of have to do that a couple of times over a few runs and see some days it might be 800, some days it might be 1.1. So you take the average and that is roughly what you need per hour. Well, lucky for, for those guys doing uh, two oceans ultra marathon and a half marathon, it is at a, at a fairly cool time of the year. Yeah. Uh, and also Cape Town is not too humid. So if you're in Durban like us, you generally are sweating a hell of a lot more than what you would. Uh, so I guess the actual race day conditions do, it is something that you need to take into consideration. But as Annie says, it's it's something that, you know, is independent to each and every individual so it's important to just do the homework do the practice so that nothing surprises you on on race day annie thank you so much i yeah, think thank you it was a it was an extremely insightful conversation as you say i think nutrition is one of those afterthoughts for a lot of runners and i hope that uh, through listening to this this podcast with you some guys have have been able to get some insights and some tips on how to go about race day. If there's anyone that wants to get a hold of you to get some more uh, some more personalized tips, is there a way that they can get a hold of you? Yes. Well, I am Annie's Athletes on Instagram and I also have a blog, annie'sathletes.org. Um, my personal uh, account, like my running account, is just Annie Bothma and I also have a blog for that, which is just anniebothma.com. Awesome. Brilliant. And also, guys, Annie has kindly uh, come on board as a partnership with uh, the Making a Runner podcast uh, for the Total Sports Two Oceans special edition, where she's basically going to be writing up a blog post around about each and every single topics that we are covering on the special edition as well. So do go and follow her blog and go give her a follow, guys. She's an extremely insightful and passionate individual. Uh, she loves running and I think we can all feed off of that type of energy as as runners. So and Annie, thank you so much for taking the time today. We really, really appreciate it. And we, we hope to see you on the start line at some stage for, for ultra marathon as well. Thank you so much, Annie. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Making a Runner. We hope you enjoyed it and found value in the show. Don't forget to rate and leave a review on your favorite streaming platform. And remember to share with your running buddies. Follow our journey on our socials and feel free to engage with us on all things running. We wish you a pleasant run wherever the road or trail may take you. Bye for now.